I'm Brandon Spratt. Welcome to Awaken, the podcast. I believe the most valuable gift you can give yourself and others in this world is authentic presence. When you are in your truth and you own it, you become an empowered being with the capacity to inspire others by just your presence alone. The journey to becoming a more empowered, inspired, and aware being starts right now. In today's episode, I am going to share a story from whenever I was actually in, I think, maybe first, second, or third grade. I can't quite remember how young I was, but I was in my first couple of years of elementary school. And if my mom's listening to this, I think she will uh, recall this, this story. Um, but first, I'm going to preface it with just some philosophy that comes through me. I've always tried to follow um, a path, you know, I've always unknowingly, even in my unaware state in the past, was a seeker. By reading books and listening to inspiring people, staying motivated, and always feeling like I wanted to live their life and not my own. But what I didn't realize is by following that those people and those paths for a while, eventually led me to my own path. I think whenever we are influenced too heavily from the outside without our own spiritual practice of going within and creating a connection with the creator that exists within within us, and we look outside too much of ourselves for a path or for a book or for a manual, these things are all tools that can help us in different moments, but the most, and I've done all of those different paths in those different ways. Not every path, of course, I've not done that much work in this lifetime alone. That would be far too much for for my 26 years, unless I was a total scholar and renaissance man, which I kind of am, but I'm kind of not. But anyway, whenever we go without and we get inspired from all these different influences, that's good, but we have to remember to not compare ourselves to any other thought leader and any other guru. A true spiritual path and teacher, guide in your life will first get you inspired, also help you to remember to not compare yourself to to their path and that they also had to find their way too. And then for you to take on the responsibility with that inspiration to take action only from an inspired state and from a state of heightened awareness. And so, like, I guess an example would be, I used to listen to a lot of Tony Robbins stuff for, for a good while. I was definitely a, a fan of his and read a lot of his material. And, you know, it's good to absorb all that and to learn, you know, in that way, whenever there's times in life when we don't have a mentor or a guide right next to us physically, we can grab a book. You know, we can read books of Einstein. We can read books of, of the greats in the past. And so that's what I would do whenever I feel like I didn't have a mentor or or at times whenever I feel like I was challenged, I would go to a book. And while I did get inspiration, I wasn't aware enough at the time to stop myself from comparing myself to their path. You know, whenever I would read stories or listen to interviews of musicians or anybody who was successful at a very young age, like 19, 20 years old, already achieving commercial success, to me, that made me feel as I was growing older in the world, 
you know, and I'm only 26, but it still creates this dialogue in my mind. Oh, I wonder if I've not not made it in time because I'm now I'm you know getting older and older, and I've realized now through the commitment of my meditation practice that the older I get is actually the best gift I have because I've become so much more wise and so much more patient and so much more calm. And I know that this dialogue is not just within me. I think it exists and I know it exists in a lot of us. You know, this is a huge uh, belief system within the you know, entertainment, modeling and acting industry. A lot of men and women, if they are over a certain age, they already give up because you know, they feel like, well, I didn't make the boat. I missed the mark. And I think it's really, really important for us to take a step back and realize that those beliefs are, one, not true. They don't serve us in any way. And right whenever you are comparing yourself, check in and say, how can I use this as inspiration? And how can I stop and withdraw my mind from comparing to to this person, to the situation, to these events, whatever it may be. And this also applies to relationships. A lot of times we get into relationships because of a need or a want or that longing to belong, feeling lonely, very common things. And of course there's other deeper reasons too based on you know childhood conditioning, traumas and other things like that. But when we're in a relationship, if we're comparing ourselves to the other person, that's red flag right away. And the sooner you can raise the white flag and surrender that over and just, you know, be you and be okay with you, then the relationships will flow so much better. And I can say this from my own personal experience from a relationship that I was in for three, like three-ish years. And the biggest problem I had in my own psyche, my own mental and emotional state was accepting and loving myself and every cell and every in every way possible what that means and I was constantly comparing myself to my partner not feeling like I was a fast enough learner comparing my body you know my physique and everything um, was comparing it not and me creating this dialogue like not feeling like I was good enough not feeling like I was um, attractive enough not feeling like I was smart enough even though I absolutely was but I had this dialogue in my mind that was so conflicting, so conflicting. And then, you know, just as time went on, the relationship got more and more stressed because whenever one person can't love themselves and the other person is really good at loving themselves, that's so out of balance and it's just a matter of time before it just disintegrates. So wherever you're at in your life, whether in your relationships or you're growing a business or wherever you're at with, uh, with whatever passions you have in your life currently, Take inspiration and then move that into inspired action. No need, again, to compare in any phase of life. So with that, there's was a little preface to uh, the story from my childhood that I'd like to share. When I grew up, um, I remember the specific time when I was in elementary school and one of my teachers told us an assignment to complete. And... It was to pick a job that we wanted to have in the world and uh, then present that to the class. And I remember thinking about this 
and briefly, and then I totally forgot about the assignment altogether. And then, you know, a week later or two weeks later, maybe even a few days later, however long it was, uh, it was time to present. And I had totally forgotten about the assignment. And I was sitting there and I remember feeling the, the anxiety of it being my turn to go and I wasn't prepared. I didn't know that's all what was happening, but I could feel like the adrenaline starting to rush within me in that moment. I, I clearly remember that. And that, that stayed with me for a long time. That's been a journey to overcome just the, the public presentation thing. Uh, but anyway, that's another story. And I didn't think of a job that most kids think of. I didn't say, you know, what their parents were or I didn't say like firemen, policemen or whatever like the boys were saying or even whatever the girls were saying. I remember it was my turn and what came through me, and I'll never forget this, I said, I want to inspire people. And I didn't think anything of it because I was just, you know, an, a very young, like 10 years or younger child. And in retrospect, I see how profound that statement really was for my, for my age. And I'm not saying that to boast about anything of like I'm a wise soul or old soul or young child or whatever. I definitely feel like I am, but that's not what I'm saying it for. I'm saying it because of a, of a deeper lesson here that I'll go into in a second. But um, at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't see that this was an important thing to say. I just knew it as my truth. And I didn't get a rush thinking of like people would think that this would uh, get an applause or anything like that. There's none of those thoughts of like when you're a child, you're just in your truth. Simple. And that's what it was for me. And then something happened, this is the part that's important, that I'll never, ever forget. Those words felt truthful to me. I spoke a truth. But then when my teacher replied, she said, that's not a job. Go back, sit down, and, and think of a job, and come back up at the end and, and present why. And if you need till tomorrow, you know, you can have till tomorrow or something. So I sat there and I was watching everybody else present and everything and I, and I don't think I came up with anything. I, I remember feeling my feelings were hurt. I was always a very sensitive child. And so I think I presented it the next day or something. But to me, you know, as a child hearing her, her response, and it wasn't coming from a really negative place. It was just coming from a, of a different space of awareness that she had different than what I had. But looking back, I can see that in her mind it was, it was considered and categorized as wrong or at least that's how I interpreted it. I interpreted that to be wrong. So I interpreted my truth in that moment to not be accepted. And then that has been a journey to come back into my truth and be solid and be okay in it. But anyway, the, uh, the next day or whenever I actually presented, uh, I, I, I remember going home and asking my mom and, and you know, I loved the ocean. So we were trying to think of things about my dream job being something to do with the water and the ocean. And finally, I, you know, forced myself to, to, to find out what this job would be. And what I came up with was a marine biologist. And, you know, I, I, it was like me settling. I, was, I didn't exactly know what my dream job would be. I already said I wanted to inspire people, and that's all it was at that time. I had no idea of what the universe's plan would be for me, but I just knew that it involved inspiring people and making people happy. And as I was searching, you know, looking back, I remember feeling like, like, I'm, I'm, I'm searching for something that, like, I don't think I'm going to find it here. And, you know, 
but I, I tried to do the best of what I could. And so I then presented and I said that I want to be a marine biologist. And I shared about how I love the water and I love the ocean, I love the dolphins, the whales, the sea life, I love swimming in the ocean, and, and I loved boogie boarding and learning how to surf and all that stuff. And I presented all that. And I guess the moral of the story is, you know, go ahead and take a moment to sit down and just meditate and go back to whenever you were in your youth and go back into like some of the very early memories of, of uh, elementary school and see if you have a similar experience of, of a teacher uh, or guide or parent or grandparent or anybody else who might have asked you, what do you want your job to be? Or just go back to where this, this concept first was instilled within your psyche about having a job. And just go and relive the, the moment from your awareness today and see what you can learn from it. And then on the other coin, the other side of the coin, for anybody who is a teacher or parent or grandparent or anybody who is around children, I please, please um, honor their truth. And whenever somebody says something, or whenever a child says something different, like I want to inspire or I want to motivate or something that might feel strange for a child to say, Instead of saying, no, that's not a job, say something, you know, that praises them, that rewards them, and ask them, okay, well, what does that look like? You know, inquire and be inquisitive and curious about, you know, what is in the child, the soul, the spirit of that child? What does it want to express? What does it want to say? What does it look like? Have it, have the child draw it out and or write it out, or whatever that they, whatever skills that they have at their age, have them find a way to express what do what do they mean by what they want to do with their life. And kids are creative. You know, they might be a little shy sometimes, or not know how to choose their words, or they might be really expressive and they really know how to use their words. Some children are more analytical and logical, left brain, or some are more creative and uh, ambiguous. You know, on the right hemisphere of the brain, like an artist. But what's within all children is the spirit. And if we can ask the right questions to the, to the children, I believe that this world would be a very different place. This is vital to understanding a child's mind and how it naturally is processing information. Once we understand their perspective, we are able to help them with exercises, with group work, with individual work, and find new methods of teaching that will aid them into aligning ultimately with what their destiny is here to do and, and who they're supposed to be. So if you recognize a child or your child or know of a child that's more left brain or right brain, you know, learn about the different qualities of the left brain versus the right brain. If they need help in the left brain, help them with structure, mathematics, scientific problems, but also give them moments to express their creative right brain. And if they're overdrive on the opposite, then just do the opposite. Um, it's important for both sides of the brain to be expressed, not just one side or the other. We can see in the world what happens whenever a left brain is dominant, then the rest of the world becomes a bit uh, rigid in the way that it operates, in the way that it's uh, systemized and put together, in the way that people operate and think in the world. 
And I mention this because I believe that the education system is predominantly rigged to be left-brain oriented. And it was based on a system that no longer works in this modern world. It was based on the uh, Industrial Revolution to have factory workers to be systemized and logical and not to be as creative. But now we're living in a much different time. We're living in a time where things are where creative expression is honored and it's something that should be embraced. Because of our education system being behind the times, we really need to step up with the way we treat the children and the world. And if you're around children, research and do your due diligence of how you can teach a child to be balanced in the world, to be a stable and healed individual in the world. The better that we treat our children, the better that our future worlds will be. The more empathy and compassion and understanding that we give them, the more that they will bring that into the world. And if they're conditioned from this place in the very beginning of their life, they will carry that into the world, into the future. We must allow them to be understood, even if the parents of the previous generation were not in the same frequency as them. We also have to remember that we are a species that evolves. We are leaving an era of so much rigid uh, illusion and structure and manipulation. And now that we have so much infrastructure, it's being refined and it's being rebuilt a bit, I'd say. It's evolving to form new types of structure that support a more enlightened and conscious culture as a whole. We'll see this over time in the next you know, 20 to 40 years. I think the next 20 to 40 years are going to be a very intense period for a lot of people where old systems will fall away and um, the ones that will stay will be the ones that are the creatively empowered, expressed uh, systems that help people thrive and are not coming from a manipulative place uh, feeding off of people's insecurities and fears. As a society at large, I think it's safe to say that most people are predominantly left brain oriented and what is happening in the world today and the conscious uh, awareness that is shifting on the planet, it's the right brain that's being activated and awakened. And if we are able to tap more into our creative, expressive right brain, the sooner we'll be able to have a more balanced, sustainable culture, nation, species, and world as a whole. The moment we make the conscious decision, excuse me, to actively allow our children and ourselves and the adolescents of this nation to express freely through creative right brain expression, the sooner we'll get to a world of acceptance, love, and instead of a world that is fractured and shattered with pain and trauma. And I can speak from my own experience in this. Whenever I was younger, I felt the most insecure about dancing, about any type of self-expression. You know, I was I had a youth of using a lot of substances of drugs and alcohol and it was through drugs and alcohol that I could actually feel expression that my being needed to have but the only way that I could allow it to happen through me was if I was intoxicated and, and under the influence and I know that story is the same for a lot of people out there today and my only wish and hope is for more education and more ancestral knowledge to infiltrate into the education system instead of not instead of but in combination in the west with like a, 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 a physical education classes PE classes 
there to be a you know dance and movement meditation type of classes that help move the stored emotions and stagnant emotions that get stuck within the body. There's a phrase that I love, and it says, uh, my friend Joy actually shared this with me. I never heard it before I talked with her. She's a great body worker, massage therapist, artist, and uh, she told me this, uh, this line, we hold our issues in our tissues. And think about that for a moment. We hold our issues in our tissues. Even the ancient Chinese uh, medicine men and women and healers knew that with the, they knew the, the organ system in the body and the relationship that it had with the individual psychology. And whenever the inner organs are stretched and squeezed and moved in ways that yoga and qigong and other practices do, it squeezes out them and detoxifies them. And whenever they're detoxified, they create less noise in the body and when they create less noise in the body that's less uh, noise for the psyche to experience as well. I remember one of the most liberating times of my life was whenever I was um, again coming out of my homeless stage there was I'm going to tell my homeless story here soon in one of these podcasts but uh, until then I just have these snippets that I'm just going to be sharing one of the most profound healing moments I had was whenever I was in a, um, I think it was a kundalini class, and um, we had to dance for a while, just let our body move and, and move our body in new ways and things, um, and we, we had to do it completely sober, and I remember feeling like, oh, shit, oh, no, you know, like, I have to dance in front of all these people, and I was so embarrassed and so shy still, and so just like, not in my body and I didn't know how to like connect with the body and you know a real quick side note a lot of people discuss in the spiritual community about transcending the body transcending the physical world transcending sensation and there is merit to that I do believe that the journey will lead you to transcending the physical more dominant senses and leads you and brings you into the more subtle senses of reality however that's a step-by-step -step journey, and we first need to become alignment and in sync with the body's rhythms and how it works and how it operates. After all, we're in a human body anyway, and we should really embrace it. You know, they say life is like a blink of an eye, and you know, one of the best things I've experienced is to break through that feeling of insecurity, feeling like I can't dance in front of people, to then just rocking it out and dancing and just having a hell of a time and just loving it. Um, and now it's something that I incorporate into my classes quite frequently because I know that feeling of liberation now. And I, that's, that's what I want to bring to people. I want to bring those little moments, those little nuggets of enlightenment and, uh, and moments of liberation that help people feel a bit more free and they see the other side of fear and they experience less insecurity. So just to recap with everything, if you're around children, empower them. If they seem a bit odd and strange in their ideas and what they say, be curious about it. Be inquisitive. Ask them. Get to know that inner psychology and help to invoke their natural expression. So thank you guys for listening. I, I so appreciate all the support. Uh, if there's anything you would like me to share about specifically in my own experiences on a spiritual journey, please 
um, feel free to email me at b at brandonspratt.com. I'm also hosting two retreats this year. They are Kundalini Yoga and Meditation Immersions. One is coming up in Thailand on March 24th to the 31st. It's in Koh Yang in a beautiful, beautiful space. Uh, beautiful retreats, Thai coconuts. You'll be drinking them every day. The water is crystal clear. It's just absolutely beautiful. And there's a few spaces there. So if you're interested in that, please email me again to b at brandonspratt.com. I also have a second retreat that I'm going to be doing in Greece later in the year in July, July 10th to July 17th. Again, it's a, also a seven-day retreat, and this is in the high season for Greece. And this is on a beautiful, beautiful island, Amorgos. And if you just Google that, you'll see the pictures. Everything is just so blue and white, and the water, again, is crystal clear. I really love being around water. I'm a Pisces. I love, I love water. That's where I feel the most at home. So I like to have retreats next to the water as well. And crystal clear, pristine water. And these are destiny, uh, destination retreats. So if you've never been to a retreat before or if retreats are your things that you put aside you know, money once a year to go to a retreat, these will be the retreats that I highly suggest uh, coming to. They're deeply transformational and they also will remove any lingering insecurities and also just really empower you. We're going to learn a lot of practical spirituality. I think so much of what I've learned by being in the spiritual community um, for a few years now is there's a, there's a pseudo-spirituality to all this and people don't necessarily know why they're doing what they're doing. And they're not being deeply educated on the, the practicality of, and the science behind why things like mantra work and why things like you know, different breath techniques and how pranayama is actually working at a cellular level. And, um, or why vipassana you know, immersions uh, are beneficial. And, I, and in my conversations, I've heard and listened to people literally say, well, everybody else is doing it, so I wanted to do it too. And so... This is whenever spirituality is becoming a trend and just another fad. And my retreats go far, far, far beyond the idea of being any type of trend or fad. They're a deep immersion of a true, authentic, real experience where as a felicitator, I am no other than a space holder just guiding you to the truth within your own self. And I don't proclaim to be a guru. I do not want to be anybody's guru particularly. I want to be a guru to myself and I want to empower others to be a guru to themselves as well. And I've on my path I've just found tools that have helped me access that. So these tools are not mine. These tools are things that I have learned and that I um, wish to share. So if this calls to you at all, if you feel fired up by this, please send me an email to b at brandonspratt.com and uh, I'll send you more information or answer any questions that you have. More information about the retreat can also be found on my website. Just go to the calendar section and uh, click on retreats and there's more there. If you're interested in any type of coaching or one-on-one -on -one work to dive deep into any type of personal issues that you have going on around career, relationships, business, finance, anything, um, I also do an inner awakening program that helps to rid ourselves of the belief systems that hold us back from living in that full potential. So if that calls to you, again, please email me or visit my website. You'll find all the details there. With that, I am so grateful to be putting this podcast together and to being uh, a part of your journey. You are so much, uh, just as much a part of my journey as well. 
and I'm truly, truly humbled and grateful to, to have this relationship with you. So Satnam, Waheguru, and Namaste. I'm Brandon Spratt, and you've been listening to Awaken, the podcast. You can follow Awaken on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't done so yet, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me every week or every other week for Awakening Conversations. Thank you for listening.